Welcome to another episode of Low Expectations Podcast. I'm your host, Ty, coming to you here Friday morning. Uh, I'm actually traveling right now, so if you hear cars passing by or driving sounds, that's why. Um, but coming to you today with an, a little NFC East preview. Um, and we're going to talk more about the Packers because I went back and listened to that, and I went deeper on every team in the NFC North other than the Packers. I, Obviously, if you followed me on Twitter, if you followed this podcast at all, it's been a frustrating offseason. I mailed it in with their preview. That's my team. We're going to dive in deeper um, and preview the season a little bit better with them. And then we're going to go to the NFC. So let's just start with the Packers. Um, Because I didn't even really talk about what team they're trying to be. Uh, And the vision that I guess they're seeing because the, the, the confusing part with Green Bay is they're trying to do two things at the same time, I think. Um, and I asked around on this and this is what I ended up getting. Um, they're trying to win and build for the future. They're trying to win like they were with Favre and then they just give it to Rodgers and guess what? They never lost a beat. That's what they're trying to do again. Um, the problem is... In my opinion, the picks itself, the players they drafted, we've been in that. We won't go over that again. Um, But just like, I think they're kind of buying into fool's gold a little bit too much here. 13-3 and last year, I I talked about it. Um, Not that caliber of team. I I, I think I mentioned that. They're they're not going to be a 13-3 and team again. There's no way of that. Um, Now... What I think they're trying to see and what their vision is, is they pick A.J. Dillon in the second round. Um, They were worst in the league by a mile. They were 32nd in the league in short yardage downs on third and fourth down between third and one or fourth and one or third and inches and fourth inches. They were last in conversion rate in the league. They converted one, one of those opportunities all year. It feels impossible. Now, how is that possible, you may ask? You dive in and it's like, two reasons to me. One, Jamal Williams. Uh, Jamal Williams is one of the most useless players in the NFL. I'm not sitting here to criticize the guy, but he's completely and entirely useless. Um, They draft A.J. Dillon, um, way overdraft him. So clearly they have an emphasis on, we need to get these short yards down so we can extend drive so we can control the clock. Okay. Okay. So you draft A.J. Dillon way higher than you should have um, for that reason. And now you're like, okay, you know, hey, a guy like that, a power back like that, a guy at BC and A.J. Dillon that saw more stacked boxes than anyone in the nation and still produced. I don't, I hate the fucking pick. Like, I hate it. But, hey, that's just the truth. He saw more stacked boxes than anyone in the nation and he, he, he produced, he did. Um, so I think they see that. They go, if we turn that into this, we can fight off the, the regression. The defense is a little better. And we can, and then the important part, and the part we got to get to, is Rodgers. The pick, I don't think it's. I think I've come to this. I do not think it's a sign of disrespect or lack of faith in Rodgers. I think I have to tell myself that because if it is a sign of disrespect, if it is a lack of faith, it just drives me crazy because it's, it's Aaron Rodgers. Like we, I got all the faith in the world to this day. I, I, I'm sorry. I just blindly faith Aaron. Blindly believe in in Aaron Rodgers and and what he can do on the field. Sue me. I'm sorry. I just do. I just believe in what he does blindly uh, to a fault. Um, So you have 
you have this guy in Rodgers, and and they 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 take Love in the first round, um, and it's like oh they're moving on from Rodgers. I've asked around, and I've talked to people close to the team, know people with the team. That was not a replacement pick. I, I feel confident in saying that. That was a pick that Lafleur believes in, in in himself developing quarterbacks. Uh, Rodgers has at least two more years as a starter. There's no way Jordan loves a starter until 2022. So Rodgers has at least two more years. That puts him at age 38. Rodgers is the starter this year and next year. No questions asked. If the play stays the same, Rodgers might be the starter the year after that. It's it, it's it's a wasted pick is what it is, what it ended up might being. Or it might hit. Hey, may, you know, maybe they can I – mean, they're not uh, – well, we're not going to talk about the pick anymore. I get sidetracked on that, but what I asked, it's not a replacement pick. It's putting pressure on Rodgers as you got to fit into this guy we want you to be. And that's what it is. It's not a lack of belief. It's not a lack of faith. Uh, the talent is at peak Rodgers 2014 MVP, 2011 MVP, where he's burning down every defense. Of course not. But he, I think they still see him as what he is, a top 10 quarterback in the league, top, borderline top five. And... Um, but they want him to fit into this system. And I think they want to take the ball out of his hands. They want to be this round and pound team. They see San Francisco. They see what San Francisco did to them in, in the Super Bowl. And they see this as we could have a great, great ground and pound game with these three running backs. I'm not a Jamal guy. But we'll see what A.J. Dillon can bring to the table. Still overdrafted. Aaron Jones, if you listen to this podcast, you know what I think of him. He's one of the best running backs in the league full stop um, and if you can run the ball that way control the clock your defense is good which and, and they believe in the defense and they believe in Petten which we'll get to is why I still have a problem with all this um, I guess I get it the offense in year two there's some reason for optimism here um, but it just feels like they're talking out both sides of their mouth. Where they, they, they want to build for the future, but they also want to try and contend now. You can't... I mean, maybe you can balance and do both, but very few teams are able to do that. Especially over a long, extended period of time. Uh, um, and then, so you look at this... and So, so they want to be this team. Because you look at Matt LaFleur, and you look at where, at where he's been. You look at Tennessee. You look at Cleveland. You look at Atlanta when he was the quarterback's coach. That was a little different. But you look at Cleveland and you look at Tennessee particularly. He was a ground-and-pound guy. He liked to, to keep the ball on the ground. He loved to live in the play action. You look at those teams. Those had some of the highest uh, number of passes that were off play action in the league. Uh, they want to set up. They want to run, run, and set up the play action. Um, and they want Rodgers to fit into this Square that they've created for him. They want him to be this guy. Um, and we know Rodgers isn't going to turn the ball over. He never does. He's never thrown picks. We know he can make every throw still. We know he has all the arm talent in the world. So if we can make him fit into this guy, we can make him be this guy, then, then we could have a very dangerous offense. This was a top 10 offense last year. We could have a top five offense. Problem is... Um, you lose, you lose Balaga. You clearly downgrade there. I talked about that on the podcast. Um, and you look at Rodgers, and he—I love him. He developed some bad habits under McCarthy, and that's the organization's fault. That's the organization's fault. I blame the organization for that because he had to. 
He had to make every play magic. He had to make every play the perfect play. He had to be perfect on every play or they weren't going to be good enough because the organization failed failed putting an elite roster around him. They failed putting even an above average to average defense around him. So if he wasn't perfect, then it wasn't going to be enough. And on top of that, you had a head coach that he clearly didn't believe in. He was checking out of every play. Um, and he had so much control of the line. He was kind of trying to do some mini Peyton Manning impersonation. He doesn't need to do that now. And they want him to let let the calls come to him. Let, let the calls go. Let stay there. Not check into this. Okay, now you only have to make one or two reads. It's pretty simple stuff. You're out of play action. We're, we're, we're dumbing it down for you. We know you don't, you're a genius. You're a football genius, Aaron Rodgers. We don't need to dumb it down for you. But this is what we want to do. This is the spin, guys. This is what they're spinning. This is, this is what they want people to know. This is what their plan is. Um, because they believe in the defense. And Mike Pettin, who I've been told is pretty much a, had, a shadow head coach, um, has a ton of control over this team, a ton of control of the locker room. Makes sense when uh, they didn't fire him um, after the NFC Championship game performance. And he gets circles ran around him against uh, Shanahan every single time. And if that's the team you're trying to beat, he needs to go. Uh, but that's a different point. But so you flip to the other side of the ball, the side they believe in, 15th in DVOA, 9th against the pass. Um, very bad against the run. I don't really care uh, against the run, unless they play San Francisco again, which um, they're going to, and they'll get ran out of the building. Um, the defense... Look, Jair, dog, I love him. We talked about him a little bit. You got Zadarius, Preston, Kenny. I think I talked more about the defense on the first one. The defense, I believe in just as far as having pure talent because you look across the board and you have Kenny Clark and Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith and Montavious Adams, and you just got that deep of a, of a front four um, with, you know, Fackrell and guys like that that you can just plug in and play. And, and then you got the stars, too, with Preston and, and, and Kenny and Zadarius. And, and you're loaded on the front seven. The linebackers, the linebackers are some of the worst in the league, easily. They, they just couldn't. The more you look at it, the more they just want to sit and nickel. They don't want to sit. They don't ever want to play base. They're not ever going to play big. That's the thing on offense. My last point on offense is LaFleur wants to play big. You, they pick A.J. Dillon in round two. They pick the fullback slash H-back in round three from Cincinnati. Um, they want to be this type of team where they're physical. And in defense, it's the opposite. They want to be. They want to play small. They want to get all these corners on the field that they've drafted. Josh Jackson supposedly excelling in camp. Oh, by the way, Marquez Valdez-Scantling excelling in training camp. We heard that report last year and in 2018. Shut the fuck up. Let this guy do anything on the field before we talk about this. Please. It's maddening that they, these reporters think they can just run the same stories every single year. Like, have some decency to your job. Like, Jesus. Um, anyway, sorry, rant. No swearing 2020 on, on low expectations. Not working out so well. Um, but anyway, and, and on their defense, they want to sit nickel. They want to play small. They want to play all these corners they drafted. Josh Jackson's probably having a great camp. And, and the more they just continually ignore drafting an inside linebacker, the more that you know that's true. They let Blake Martinez go for free. Fine, whatever. I don't care. He's horrible. 
Uh, the Giants overpaid him. Um, this, then you get to the secondary, and I, it's just still concerning to me. You, I think you got some talented guys back there. I love Jair. Uh, I love what Jair brings to the table. Uh, Kevin King's hit or miss. As far as being a second corner, I don't know, man. I, I really don't know. Like, Kevin King's a guy that, you know, you, you, you're going to have to decide if you want to pay him or not. And I really don't know. Like, I, I look at it as, you know, an opportunity to maybe get out from that pick. But then you just don't want to let – I mean, he's, a, he's a, basically a first-round pick walk out the door and not even get an extension. Uh He's a de facto first round pick, first pick of the second round. Um, so I don't, I kind of just feel that way in this that sense, but I haven't been impressed. I hate the way he fucking plays. It just comes up and terrible angle, lets a guy go by him, gets beat, and then he'll come up and make a stop and like start flexing. Stone for hands. I've done the Kevin King rat a million times. Uh, you, then you go to the. Chandler Sullivan, a guy, another guy that I want to mention. Uh, he's going to start at slot corner for them. Uh, he's their nickel corner. Uh, he's going to play a ton. I, I, I like him. I like him. I mean, he's flashed. I like him. I like him more than King. Like, I don't even care. Like, I, I think I, I think he has higher upside. I just, Kevin King has all the talent in the world, man. But this is year five. Like, it, it, at some point, it's just not going to happen. Um. And then you go to the safeties and you got Amos, who I guess Bears fans told me he's better than Ha Ha Clint Dix, who just got cut yes, yesterday. Um, Adrian Amos, stud, solid player. Uh, really solid, rock solid starter. He's just, he's just going to do his job. You know what he brings to the table. Uh, Savage, stud. Uh, showed a lot as a rookie. Kind of fell off towards the end of the year. Started, started to kind of get picked on a little bit in coverage not the biggest guy but a dude a, a guy that's just a dude that really is a is a, a hard worker talented guy lives at the facility I, I expect a big year too from him so you look at this defense and there's talent really across the board the linebackers suck uh but the front seven the back the back half is good um But it makes sense why San Francisco runs circles around them every single time because their linebackers have no shot. And Shanahan, <laughs> Shanahan looks at that as like a bear looking at a fish or whatever analogy you want to use. Just like licking his lips like, yeah, we got him. Like they have no shot with those linebackers against San Francisco. And until they upgrade that position, this chasing San Francisco is going to fall short. And it's, it's... Yeah, but anyway, that's a deeper dive on the Packers. Uh, more in on the offense, the type of team they want to be. Uh, I don't believe that's a lack of faith in Rodgers anymore. And hey, maybe I'm just telling myself that uh, to buy into this team once again. But second in the NFC North, I think they're probably going to be a playoff team. And we'll see. Hopefully, uh, yeah, hopefully Rodgers wins the Super Bowl and they trade Jordan Love. And, he, and uh, Rodgers tells everyone that made all the picks in the draft this year. Um... Oh, never mind. We're just going to go to the NFC East. <laughs> uh, NFC East. Uh, last year, the Eagles won the division. Uh, pretty much it comes down to the last week. They beat the Dallas in week 16, and then they won in week 17 against the Giants. And Dallas, despite Philly having nobody out there for receivers and, and all that, Philly still finds a way to win the division. Dallas fi fires Jason Garrett. 
Washington. Uh, we no longer have to call them the racist name anymore. Uh, we just can call them Washington. We've been calling them the Washington professional football team on a while for this podcast. Um, anyway, so no change here. Uh, they're just the Washington football team and the Giants. So, uh, yeah, we're going to dive in. Interesting division. Uh, let's start like I did with the NFC North, uh, how I see the vision going. But before that, let's take a break. All right, welcome back to Low Expectations Podcast. Previewing the NFC East here today as we sit um, less than a week away from kickoff. Six days, crazy. Cannot wait for this to get kicked off. Um, you know, it's crazy, like, with COVID and everything and all that's going on in the world, which we're going to talk about, by the way. We're not going to ignore political issues on this podcast. Um, that's coming Monday or Tuesday next week with an AFC West preview we're going to have. Um, someone on and we're going to talk about that and preview the AFC West so uh, look forward to that on Monday or Tuesday early next week as the NFL continues to get closer together but yeah what I was saying is with everything going on in the world and and you look at it and it's like wow yeah just you know sports don't really matter and then it's like football's a week less than a week away and it's just like let's go like I'm hyped like I'm ready ready to live and die for this again i'm ready to watch every game i'm ready to be locked in on jags titans thursday night not moving an inch because i am locked to the screen i live and die with the game man i love the game what else can you say different um uh anyway um so nfc east fourth place coming in this year 2020 season i have the new york giants um the Giants suck, man. Like, Daniel Jones, I'm still not a believer. Just because you put up big passing numbers, I guess, for a rookie, and you put up some touchdown numbers, actually more than I thought he was capable of, I'm not suddenly going to buy into you. This is 2020. Teams sling it around um, all the time. Quarterbacks are constantly putting up big numbers. I look at a guy in Daniel Jones that's better than I thought, I'll admit, but I'm not sitting here ready to believe that he's suddenly going to make this year two leap that we've seen different quarterbacks make throughout time. I'm not, I'm not doing that. I just, I, I still don't even think he's good still. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not there. I haven't moved an inch on my stance. Uh, I won't with quarterbacks. Quarterback play fluctuates year to year, man, depending on who's around you, the team. There's only a few guys that are, their numbers are going to stay what their numbers are regardless of the situation. I mean, you're talking the elite of the elite QBs in the league. That's the only guys that's numbers are like that. Like, like honestly, you dig into a guy like Ben, and it's and he's been loaded with weapons, but his numbers just not dipping. Um, the year after they lost, they, like his, he's always put up huge numbers, regardless of they've all you know they it, when they've put and, and obviously he's a Hall of Famer, um, but so, but right now currently guys that I think oh you don't even need that like it doesn't matter their situation they're putting up their numbers regardless of their rep- weapons regardless of the coach all that Mahomes uh Lamar I- I'm-, I'm there with Lamar um Russ of course Rogers I still think Rogers is in in that neighborhood Deshaun and that's it I don't know if there's another guy in the league still. That just, it doesn't matter what, I'm sure I'm forgetting someone that's like really good. Um, But there's no one, like I just, there's very, my point is there's very few guys and I'm not, 
even close to there with Daniel Jones. This defense is awful still. Um, they have Saquon. Let's free him because he's going behind an awful offensive line. He's going with next to no weapons um, around him. Like the best receiver they have is who? Sterling Shepard. Um, Golden Tate, Evan Ingram as a tight end. I don't know, but this offense is, doesn't have much. Um, they hire the special teams coach as the coach, um, Joe Webb. <clears throat> I don't know, man. I mean, like, what? I, I, I don't think that's like horrible hire. Joe Judd, sorry. Um, Joe Webb, old Vikings quarterback. Um, started a playoff game against Green Bay in 2012, true story uh, lost that game in Lambeau Field Packers won like 20-10 to 10. ugly, ugly playoff game uh, that's Joe Webb history for you, but Joe Judd the head coach special teams guy, uh, I don't know man because yeah he's not been calling plays whatever, but or running, like he's not been a coordinator at any place, but you look at a special teams coach and they are the guys that are constantly dealing with a ton of turnover, constantly dealing with guys coming in and out where it's like, okay, now you have this guy from the practice squad, put him somewhere. So, so they're kind of, kind of taught in coaching and chaos situations. And then you see field goals, how they can scramble sometimes and punts or scramble sometimes because they're last second decisions. Um, so I'm not against that just because he wasn't a coordinator. Uh, I don't love it. Um, but it's not like I'm out on Joe Judd right now. I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to see what he can do. But I don't like the quarterback still. I didn't like him coming out. Anyone know? Anyone that's listened knows that. And I just, I'm just still there. And then the defense is bad. Uh, and I just, yeah, I, I'm, I'm taking the Giants fourth in the NFC, NFC East. I cannot believe this franchise stole two Super Bowls from Green Bay. I love, I, like, I know the Patriots get all the notoriety for stole Super Bowls from them because it was literally the Super Bowl, and I get that. But Patriot fans, I feel the same way. <laughs> 07 and 11, I feel like we're stolen from Green Bay. Um, at least Super Bowl appearances. Um, so, yeah, I hate the Giants. But we'll put them fourth here in the NFC. Third, a team that's... My God, what an offseason. Changed their name. New head coach. Sexual allegations. High draft pick. Free agency signings. Had it all. We're not comparing what I mentioned there in the middle of the sexual. So obviously that's a million times worse than anything and more important than anything. I just nonsense football stuff and whatever happens there. I hope Snyder sells the team. I, I Snyder should sell the team. I hope he sells the team. You shouldn't own a team if that's the type of environment you're going to have and create under your ownership. And you want to sit there and you want to say you're not involved, whatever, man. Like, yeah, right. You knew what was going on at very least, and I'm sure you were heavily involved. So hopefully Snyder sells the team. That's awful. Um, And hopefully that changes now with hopefully a new era in Washington that starts with a new owner. Um... Ron Rivera, I like the hire. I like the hire. Look, he's a guy that I criticized a lot because I'm a Cam stan. 
Um, and I just felt like what Carolina did to Cam was almost as bad as what Green Bay did to Rodgers in, in some some seasons worse. Like, for like the Super Bowl year, their best receiver was Ted Ginn, Kelvin Benjamin. Guys that, Ted Ginn's like the third receiver on the Bears now. Kelvin Benjamin's not even in the league. Cam dragged him to the Super Bowl. Um, so, so, yeah, I, would, I was hard on Rivera. <clears throat> but I think that he's a good coach for a young team. You remember, oh, what's, is he, can he really develop Haskins? Look, he came in when Cam was young. They won games. Was Cam maximized? No. I don't think Haskins is near the player Cam is. I believe in Haskins. I think Haskins can be good. Um, he's not Cam-level guy. Cam was the first pick, Heisman winner. Um but he's a guy that I think you can use like Cam in the sense that he's bigger, he's stronger, he's not a fast runner, he's not as athletic as Cam, not nearly as athletic as Cam and as far as foot speed and just, Cam glides, man. You watch Cam run and he glides, but Dwayne, he's more powerful. You can use him in the run game and get you four, five, six, seven, eight yards, maybe pop one off for 15 every now and again. He's not a big runner, um, but you can use him the way they use Cam because he's powerful like that. Um, and he's a tough guy to bring down. Uh, the Big Ben comparisons in the draft, you got to go back to those. Um, where Ben's not a runner, but he, he'll he take off and, and he'll, he'll rumble for seven, eight yards. And he's powerful. He's hard to bring down. So you can, you can, you can maybe run more longer developing passing concepts and stuff like that. So I see I see the vision that Washington has with Rivera. And then you flip to the other side of the, and, and obviously um, Mc, Mc, the receiver, Terry McGuinnon, stud. Um, when he was giving it to like Jair, I was like, damn, this kid can play. Um, last year, uh, Jair still had, I mean, I love you Jair, but I mean, he had a good game against him. And um, I look at Washington. They don't got a lot on offense. They, they don't. Their weapons leave a lot to be desired. But then I flip to the other side of the ball. And that's where I really can start to get excited about this team. Um, because their defensive line is really... It's, it's a very solid unit. I mean, you just run through the names. And it's all guys. Remember, obviously, they dropped Chase Young. Uh, Montrez Sweat, high pick last year. Uh, both guys, I mean, Chase Young, by all accounts, is a generational better than Nick Bosa prospect last year. Is he going to be better than Bosa? I guess we'll see. He'll have to show it at the professional level like Bosa has. But he's that level of prospect. He has that level, level of caliber. They got him. They got Sweat. Kerrigan, Ryan Kerrigan, who's just one of the most solid defensive ends you'll ever see every year, turning out almost double-digit sack years. Really one of the more underrated guys in the league. Um and you just look and, and then you got Nate Orchard and then and then you keep and then you move in the middle and you got a guy like Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne. These are all big name guys of the defensive line. You're not going to be able to run on Washington. This is a very good defensive line unit. Um, you know, and then at, at, at but the problem is you flip their their secondary, you know. They they paid Landon Collins that big deal a couple a year and a year ago. But Landon Collins is a flawed player. I said it last year. 
I'll say it again. Landon Collins is a box safety. He doesn't cover outside the box. He's not going to cover downfield. He stays near the line of scrimmage. Guys like that have a limited amount of value. Whether you want to believe it or not, they just do. Um, I didn't like that deal, but he's still a good football player. Um, there, I mean, you can't argue against that. He's a, he's a good football player. Uh, but I just, you look at their corners, Kendall Fuller, really a solid, I thought a solid player, but he was horrible last year. I don't know what happened there. Maybe he could have a bounce back here. Ronald Darby. Like, there's a chance this defense with Rivera is really solid. Like, there's there's guys on this defense that you like. Um, so, I, I ultimately, though, I just think the other two teams in the division are contenders, honestly. I think the other two teams in the division can win the Super Bowl. So, I, I'm, I think... I just put Washington third, and I like the trajectory they are on. Hopefully, they clean up their awful organization. Um, but Reds, but let's, but let's, but let's move forward here. And uh, Washington third, um, and yeah, let's move forward here. So, huh, man, I went back and forth with first and second. It was hard. It was a tough choice. And I think some people that have followed this podcast might be surprised with this pick. But I'm taking the Eagles second. Um, I love the Eagles. I always have. as just their roster, the way they built the team. Howie Roseman, I think, is one of the best GMs in the league. I think Wentz is really, I think he should have won the MVP, even though he got hurt in 2018, I think, or 17, the year he got hurt and they won the Super Bowl. I think he should have won the MVP. I think Doug, Doug Peterson is one of the best coaches in the league. Um I, I, I really, I just, I've always liked Philly. Uh, their, their defensive line, talent, Brandon Graham is one of my favorite players in the league. I could go on and on. I've always liked Philly. Last year, if you listen to the pick show, I bet on Philly every fucking week. Um, and, um, and so I, yeah, so I, so I, I, I think highly of Philly. I just, I'm in on Dallas this year. I, I'm buying into the hype. Uh, I'm taking Philly second here. I think they're both playoff teams, um, but I'm taking Philly second here. Let's dive into Philly. Uh, they win the division last year after just an abysmal start. Then they they kind of they they go on a five game winning streak. I think to close the year, Wentz gets hurt in the Seattle game in the playoffs with the concussion. He goes out early. The clowny hit, obviously, um, and you look back to this Eagles team and they were so banged up. They were beyond banged up and their receiver position was completely and totally gone. He was throwing to guys that you like really even diehards like me and other people like who are these guys? Um, And the reason I ultimately went with Philly second is because they didn't really do much to improve that receiving core. They're getting Deshaun back great. Uh, Greg Ward was a bright spot last year, but it was kind of like what I was saying with Alan Lazard and the Packers NFC North preview. Great, yes, he flashed, great. Receivers in the league have shown flashes before and fell off the earth. I'm not just gonna be like, yeah, Greg Ward is a solid receiver now because we saw him do it at the end of December when some teams are playing undrafted free agents because they're so banged up. I'm not there yet. I'm not there with Ward, I'm not there with Lazard. I think they're good players. I think Lazard's better than Ward. He's got a better frame. He's a better player. Just better. He's, I mean, Ward's 5'11". Like, I, I, don't, I don't know if I can really count on him. I, I really don't. Um, they draft Jalen Rager. 
I liked him. I wish that's who the Packers would have drafted. Honestly, I'd feel a lot better about this Packer team if they would have drafted Jalen Rager. Um, Philly gets him, but rookie receiver, who knows again, you can't just count on him. So Deshaun, injury questions constantly, tumultuous offseason. I I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I just... I just am not sure what to expect with that, you know, and 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 what and what is there to expect with with him? He's a rookie. It could go either way. So yeah, I just look at Philly's receiving core, and there was just too many question marks. I feel like up and down it that I couldn't pull the trigger over a team with Dallas that we'll get to. Uh, that I've really just fallen in love with their talent. Um, but I look at Philly's uh, tight ends, and they're great. Goddard and Ertz is a really good tight end combination. Um, one of the best in the league, if not the best. Um, Wentz, I think I think Kylie of Wentz. I think Wentz is a top 10 quarterback. Um, Wentz, you look at Wentz, should have been the MVP in 2017. If he, if he doesn't get hurt, I think he is. Um, and I think if he doesn't get hurt, they win the Super Bowl. Like, Philly, before he got hurt, seemed like, what were they, 13-1? and one? It didn't seem like they were about to lose. Like, Foles came in, and he really didn't look that good other than the NFC Championship game and then the Super Bowl against Belichick, obviously, which is an all-timer. Uh, but Wentz is a guy that I really think highly of. I think he's a great player. Um, you look at what he's done and he's never had that big time receiver he has he can make every throw on the field he has a lot of arm talent and he's a guy that i just think they have him in the right system he's going to produce and he's going to have them competitive he's going to have them in games and he's going to have them contending for the nfc i think this is one of the best teams in the nfc i think there's two of the best i think there's two of the best five or six teams in the nfc in this division um i think philly's in it again um I think they're, and then, because we haven't even gotten to the best part of their team, hopefully, and another part of their team that was completely banged up, and and a part of their team that was so consistent, you could rely on this defense just being rock solid for a couple years there. Injuries finally caught up to them, and that's what happens with defense. That's why everyone says build through offense and get lucky with defense, because your defense consistently is not going to be good year to year. But, oh, I've only said that forever. Um... And yeah, so they have a they have a really good defense. They're healthy again. You look at their defensive line. You really, it's a really one of the best defensive lines in the league. Uh, I talked about Washington is one of the best. Philly's up there too. Uh, you got Derek Barnett, Vinnie Curry, Brandon Cram, Josh Sweat, uh, Fletcher Cox. And they're, they're just loaded at the at, at defensive line, and the secondary still question mark. Uh, but they trade for Darius Slay. Um, they got, I mean, that was a big trading trade for them. That was a huge, that was like that and receivers. But they just had no corners and no receivers towards the end of last year. Um, and now they, I mean, they draft, they draft Rager. Uh, they're healthy again. I like Philly, man. I really do. Um, and the trade for Slay to shore up the secondary. This could be a really good defense. Uh, they're well coached. I like the quarterback. A lot to like about Philly this year, uh, but I have them second. Um, so yeah, I mean that 
everyone knows who that means. You know who's first then. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys. I have, I'm, picking them, I'm picking them to win the NFC East this year. 8-8 um, eight eight last year. Um, this year they're coming into 2020 with new head coach. Obviously they fired Jason Garrett. And let's get into it because I know this coach well. Uh, he coached my team for uh, over a decade. Uh, and Mike McCarthy, obviously, who I'm talking about. The Cowboys coach. Um, you know, man, he sucks. Like, I'm not even going to front with you. I'm not even going to make the case. Like, he sucks. Like, it, it's going to be bad. It's going to be frustrating. But it's an upgrade over Garrett. And that's enough to win the division, I think. Because this team got smoked in one-score games last year. <laughs> their one-score game is their one-score game uh, is almost comical how bad it is. Um, they were one and seven in one score games, so almost the opposite of Green Bay, and they still went eight and eight. So literally every game except one, they were right in it, and it was Green Bay. Then they lost that game by ten. They got blown out. They got they, that that game wasn't that close, but um, that they were in every game. They got unlucky and that like I've said in every it's a theme guys it's a theme because it's just facts it's a theme one score games listen closely they fluctuate year to year um and this is this is just what it is this has been what it is this has never changed this is throughout history this is how it is we just have math and numbers and we know this now and we can profit off it gambling wise and predictions wise Dallas is going to be better in one-score games. Therefore, they are going to be better. This is how football works. Why are reasons they're going to be better? One, just plain luck is the biggest one. Two, coaching. As much as I just said that about McCarthy, like I said, upgrade over Garrett. Garrett was actively bad, actively terrible. Uh, Dallas has gone all in. They signed Everson Griffin a couple of weeks ago. Uh, they, they CeeDee Lamb who there were times I ended up with uh, with uh, Judy as receiver one in the draft, but there were times I was like, CD might be the best receiver in the draft. Um, and and they they're look, they, I wish they would have kept Byron Jones. If they would have kept Byron Jones, I might have picked, I might have picked him to win the NFC. And that's coming next week to uh, hold Super Bowl picks and everything. Uh, I wish they would have kept him. I wish they had a little better coach. But I think what they have, they still got a lot of talent on defense. I mean, you look at their talent, you look at what they have on defense, and and it's it's not enough. I mean, it's good. I mean, it's like I said, Everson Griffin, uh, Demarcus Lawrence on the D line. They signed Alden Smith. That's interesting. I don't know what to expect from Alden. I know Alden Smith used to be a monster. I'm not saying he's gonna have a big year, but he used to be really good. He hasn't played in forever. I don't think you can count on him, but they have him. Um, and then, then you go to their safeties. Not great. I mean, Darian Thompson, uh, Xavier Woods. Uh, like their their secondary can leave a little to be desired, I guess. I mean, their defense is going to be bad, but but their offense is going to be really good really good and I'll tell you guys right now I bet more people listen to the preview show and uh, Jacob will still uh, argue back and forth with me when we do this I'm picking Dak to win MVP 
Um, I think he's going to have a monster year. You look at Dak before the injury last year, he was almost he was the MVP. He was in like the second or third in MVP behind Lamar and Mahomes. And then he got hurt, the shoulder. Dallas stopped playing as well. Threw some picks. Um, but I just think, hey, I think that might be too hot takeish, and I might I might get scared, but I think he could win the MVP. And I think I might take him because I, but McCarthy holds me back so much, man. Because I, I, I just look at McCarthy, and I'll get back to Dak in a second. But I look at McCarthy, and I just am like, he's going to see Zeke, and he's going to fall in love with him. And Zeke's production has decreased each year, whether you want to talk about it or not. The Zeke contract, I'm not saying Zeke's bad. Zeke's a top five running back in the league. I get it. Um, but, um, but I could just see McCarthy falling in love with him and just grounding and pounding. The Zeke contract's one of the worst in the, ever. One, probably the worst running back contract in history. In history. Uh, and, um, yeah, I just I, I could see McCarthy just falling in love with him. But I think Dak could have a monster year still. You look at their receiving core. Amari, great player. Amari Cooper's awesome. Um, you know, you got Michael Gallup, great, really good, solid receiver, especially as a number two really good and then CeeDee Lamb is your number three are you serious that's filthy with a guy like Dak throwing him to him in a dome man I just think Dallas could put up some monster games this year some monster numbers um and I think Dak's gonna have I mean you look at Dak last year and almost 5,000 yards 30 touchdowns 11 11 picks are you serious this guy's a stud that's with a bum bum shoulder and Jason Garrett as a coach. Like I could see I could see near 40 this year really. I'm being serious. I think he could throw 40 plus. Um, maybe a 10 or so picks again, but he's going to throw over 5000 yards. I'm sure of that if he's healthy. That's always the big caveat, right? Um, and and also McCarthy what how what you know, you hear McCarthy talk about how he's doing he's diving into analytics and and whatnot and and i guess that's great that's great to say in a hiring process to jerry jones um and the cowboys but is that true i didn't ever see that in green bay maybe he's changed his ways um the relationship with rogers was always bad pretty much always they won the super bowl and rogers was telling people how dumb he is um and I'm obviously I think Rodgers is right I don't I'm not a believer and that's why ultimately I didn't pick Dallas that that and the defense um this is going to be a really good division I think Dallas and Philly both went near 11 12 games I'm high on both of them um but I pick I'm taking Dallas to win the NFC North uh even with the flawed defense um yeah uh trying to think anything else on the nfc nfc north nfc east excuse me um i think dak has a big year and yeah i think that's gonna do it guys we're sitting here about 50 minutes or so uh yeah another division preview down so two down six more to go as this season is six days away so uh yeah expect these often and and yeah they're fun to do and we're diving in each and every day and gonna have some guests hopefully for some uh some more division previews coming up so hope you enjoyed this one thanks guys peace